Hello everyone, this is JB with NBW Ministries. Today is Wednesday, December the 20th. Merry Christmas everyone, just five days away from uh, Christmas. Well, as you know, I'm on a vacation with my family and where we are, we don't have good internet connectivity. So Randy and I were not able to do our regular world events update. However, he did uh, record something uh, solo and send it to me. And uh, so I'm going to post that here now. Sorry, it's a little bit late. Uh, we've just been on different time zones and different uh, just crazy schedules and uh, had some technical difficulties, but uh, glad we can get this posted. Um, I have not listened to it yet either, but I know it'll be a blessing and uh, always some great intel and insight on uh, world events and things that are going on around the world uh, for such a time as this. So thank you, Randy, for doing that. Thank you, everyone, for your continued support and uh, prayers. Looking forward to kicking off the new year uh, when we get back with lots of new guests and uh, scheduled events and speaking engagements and all kinds of uh, great stuff, uh, Lord willing, uh, as we look at the new year. Uh, once again, appreciate your support, appreciate your prayers, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. God bless. Now here's Randy. Good morning, everybody. This is Randy with not by Works Ministries, or I guess I should say I am the guest on Not by Works Ministries. Anyway, we are doing our weekly update this week, and we're doing it a little differently. We are basically going to record this and then send it to JB, who's on the road, and then he will be merging it with one of his um, talks or usual update material and sending it out as per usual. So this is a little different, it takes me a little while to get used to it. So please, um, please be advised that this could be a little rough and sketchy, but I'm gonna do this as easy as I can. Anyway, we have things to discuss like we always do in the world and locally. And we find that things are just as bizarre as always, sometimes getting worse, sometimes staying pretty much the same way over the weeks, but anyway, Let's go ahead and start off and um, get this moving. So initially, Colorado yesterday decided that President Trump could not be on the 2024 ballot. Um, they believe that he's, since he was charged with insurrection that he is not able to be on the ballot in Colorado. I believe this will probably be sent directly to the Supreme Court for judgment and in a some type of an adjudication very quickly so that these matters can get on. And hopefully this matter will be settled sometime in the next couple of months so that it doesn't interfere with the actual election. On the national scene, uh, we'll talk about the economy first. Basically, the United States continues to head towards a recession slash depression with all of the economic news getting worse day by day, week by week. But here are some of the items that stand out this week. Currently, there are 20,000 repossessions of vehicles a day. This is up from our September broadcast where they were approximately 16,000 a month. So you can see that the um, economy is going downhill. People just cannot afford their bills anymore. There are 50 million people that are not paying their bills at all. That includes mortgages, rent, auto payments, student loan payments, and credit card payments. 41% of the student loan holders did not make their first payment in October. And there's currently 9 million approximately people that are now one month behind. The total owed for the student loans is $1.6 trillion. 
and the uh, loans and interest will accrue monthly until either the individuals not paying this have made other arrangements or they have begun payment on their debt. The gold and silver prices continue to go up slightly, uh, stay somewhat uh, static over the last few days. Uh, the market is a little bit higher. The dollar fluctuates a few cents every day, as well as the stock market, which has been on an upward tear for the last week. Um, the economists, the government, uh, agencies like the Fed, the Treasury don't understand exactly what's happening, but it looks like we're probably in for a big problem coming right after the first of the year. The Chinese continue to hoard gold at an unprecedented rate, as well as some of the other countries, including the Russians and Indians. And it appears that it's going to probably be in anticipation of the BRICS meeting in early January. The United States Congress has called on the Congress and the Fed to basically confiscate all of the Russian frozen dollar assets that were frozen when the Ukraine war initially broke out. Um, there are $300 billion at stake, and Congress is um, attempting to get everybody together to take that money and give that to the Ukrainians so that our further obligations would be met. However, if one stops and thinks about that, that's not really a good idea. The rest of the countries are going to take a look at that and go, why would we ever put money in the safekeeping of the United States Treasury if they are indeed going to abscound with that, if they decide they um, have a different use for it without any due process whatsoever? So watch, watch Congress what they do with that $300 billion in the next few weeks, and we'll see if they actually carry through with that. The United States has began Operation Prosperity Guardian, which is the U.S.-led naval coalition. It is going to protect the shipping or attempt to protect the shipping in the Red Sea, Suez Canal, Persian Gulf, Gulf of Aden, and in that general area. There are approximately 10 different countries that are, have already joined that coalition, including France, Great Britain, Australia, Spain, as well as several smaller countries. Basically, this was found to be necessary due to the continued aggressive stance by the Houthis out of Yemen, who have been attack attacking <clears throat> the uh, different ships going through the Red Sea uh, for the last two weeks. The attacks are becoming um, more serious. They are happening faster every day. And it was finally decided that military action would need to be taken to prevent any further damages to shipping in that area. Now, the rates that these ships are paying for insurance protection used to go from twelve dollars to $13,000 a day. And now, since there is a war hazard, the premiums are now sixteen dollars to $17,000 a day. This gets to be quite expensive for the shipping companies, and obviously something had to be done to help protect them to bring those rates down and to permit 
the shipping companies to continue to use the Suez Canal and the Red Sea. There are $2.4 trillion in trade that passed through the Red Sea. And there are currently 46 container ships that were going to be going down the Suez Canal into the Red Sea, which have diverted and are now going around the west of Africa, coming down to the southern Cape of Africa, and then continuing on their journey from there. It takes an additional two weeks and is another 40% greater distance and what they're using so that me or what they were using beforehand and that will increase the rates and delay the transportation of a lot of goods um, that are basically being directed to other countries uh, this will cut down about 20 percent of the oil in the world supply that is generated daily and will probably cause the price of oil to skyrocket sometime in the next few weeks if this attack by the Houthis and other rebels in that area continue and involve the Persian Gulf, the Gulf of Aden, et cetera, that could cut down on as much as 60% of the world's oil. That would greatly increase the prices and the scarcity of oil and raise not only the price of gasoline, but of all products that are consisting of an oil base. Basically, there are 8.8 .8 million barrels of oil that transverse the Red Sea every day and 380 million tons of cargo. They're currently, the United States' fifth and sixth fleet are protecting this area. They have been joined by British ships, French ships, um, ships from Spain, and some of the other areas in, in that general area of the Mideast and of the um, European Union. Seven, the fleet basically consists of 71 ships, which includes frigates, carriers, destroyers, aircraft carriers. Um, most of these ships, at least 50 of these, are still in the Mediterranean directly across from Israel. The other ones have been diverted to the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf area. These will be joined by additional ships from the United States, 5th and 6th Fleet, as well as other countries that are interested in maintaining a fair trade balance in that area. Unfortunately, it looks like there probably are not enough military assets to completely prevent the attacks from Hezbollah, Hamas, and the Houthis out of Yemen. So traffic up and down the Red Sea and through the Suez Canal will be probably very light for the next few weeks. The countries that are involved in the Mideast around the um, Red Sea uh, all have vested interests in the shipping continuing through there because Israel receives much of its oil through the Red Sea, as well as do some of the other countries in Europe. Since there are 46 container ships that have now had to divert and go across the western edge of Africa, uh, if you've made any foreign purchases, uh, they may be delayed for some time. We're still going to cover some additional items on the uh, economy at this time. Since it seems to be in dire straits, the uh, Federal Reserve has announced that they plan to reduce the interest rates sometime in early to mid-2024 
and they have three deductions or reductions of the interest rates planned. If those will actually take place or what the actual percentage of reduction is, is unknown at this time. The problem with the Fed reducing rates at this time with inflation still above the 2% mark, which is what they were aiming at, it will initially cause deflation, which sounds good for everybody, but that will last a few months probably until hyperinflation takes over. Once hyperinflation takes over, uh, that will further cause the demise of the United States dollar. And we could look for some severe price increases, scarcity, supply problems, et cetera, sometime in the mid to later 2024 time. I took and looked at some information on the Internal Revenue Services government website just to give you an idea of how some of the wages and the other items involved in a person's life are figured. Basically, this would be all of your assets, uh, values of your vehicles, and things like that. And I found some things that were pretty interesting. It looks like the IRS will provide you on this website the average income, median income, mean income, et cetera. So what I did is I took the 50 to 59-year-old um, group of people that they had listed and kind of looked through that to see where we're supposed to be at. If you're in a, that age group, the United States government lists your wealth at $1,165,000. Now, that is the average of the incomes for all the people in that age group. Now, to show what a fallacy this is, if you take out the top 1% of that age group, uh, you reduce the median income to $171,000 per individual much more in line with what people that age are probably listing as assets. It's interesting to note that the top 1%, their average income is $17,545,000, which is considerably above the median income, which is basically the income between a midpoint where there's an even number above and an even number below that midpoint. Um, BlackRock has a new video out you might want to pull up. It's, be, it's called Beyond the Cringe Holiday Video. I would suggest if you want to see where the United States is going, you pull that up and watch that video, and you will see that um, the morals in this country and the basic outlook of the country is much different than it used to be. It's a rather disturbing video but it doesn't contain any profanity, pornography, anything like that. It just basically shows where the United States is and what our values are at this time. When Mr. Trump was notified that he is not going to be on the ballot in 2024, Kamala Harris was immediately giving a new task. That task is to tour the United States touting abortion rights. She is to visit all 50 states and many cities within those states Doubting the advantages of having an abortion. This is just one more example of how this country is declining at a rapid rate. The Carolina Panther football team is now using AI facial recognition for ticket entry to their games. 
Uh, they are basically starting out slowly with just a few fans uh, having that available to them this year. But by the beginning of next year's season, everybody will be ticketless and they will be identified by facial recognition. Moderna and Merck have joined together and have now working on an MRA or mRNA cancer vaccine and that utilizes Keytruda. Basically what it's gonna do, it reduces the risk of relapse or death by approximately 50%. Now, again, this is an mRNA vaccine, much like the COVID vaccine that we used in this country. So I would urge caution and due care before that is ever used. This supposedly will launch in 2025. While you're out shopping and shopping online this year, you should probably be aware that the apps you're using, such as eBay, Amazon, Lowe's, Home Depot, Nike, Alibaba, et cetera, are gathering a lot of information from each of your purchases. Basically, each of these has at least 18 points of reference. They basically analyze all of your financial data, your email, your phone, your address, what you buy, how often you buy it, and where you buy it at. This information is then sold to third-party businesses that will make a database of that information and resell it to other interested entities in the future. This could include different stores, uh, could include the government databases if you're being investigated, et cetera. On the China front, the Chinese have been busy, although they've been kind of staying low the last few months. Uh, we find that they are basically letting their economy go, except for gold in ownership. They have purchased another 300 tons of gold, which was all that was available on the market last month. And they now exceed the possession of gold of the United States by probably somewhere between one to 2,000 tons. Um, it looks like they're probably getting ready for the BRICS meeting in January. Um, looks like there are 40 other countries that have basically applied for membership. It, China appears to be the largest gold holder among those countries with India coming up fast on their tail. Um, if China is collecting all this gold, letting the rest of their economy go at this time, it makes me think that they're going to try to probably be one of those in the leadership position of BRICS and one of those that is going to dictate the different rules, regulations, and procedures that the BRICS nations are going to um, put into effect. Um, if those 40 nations are accepted, that will put a severe crimp on the United States dollar and the BRICS nations are hoping to get rid of the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency and possibly get the BRICS currency, which is already available to be the primary currency used around the world. Another couple of things that have happened in China, we find that their military has built up a, a great number of ships, um, troops, and aircraft directly across from Taiwan. Now, an imminent, and by imminent, I mean in the next couple of months, 
or maybe three months time. I don't expect any kind of an attack on Taiwan. There's a Taiwan Strait in the South China Sea right now is really not in the, it, due to storms and stuff is not transversible by any type of small ship. In other words, the uh, soldiers being transported amphibiously would not be able to make it that 90 miles. And the Chinese would not try to take over Taiwan directly by air only. So we probably have a few months of a reprieve before they get serious about reunifying the island and the mainland of China. As Xi Jinping said about a year and two months ago, I believe is the time, uh, he said that he looked for reunification of Taiwan and China sometime within the next 18 months. Therefore, it looks like he's probably looking in the April, May area of when he will make a definite attempt to bring Taiwan back under the fold. The United States Seventh Fleet is still in the area. There are 71 ships of the United States Seventh Fleet there, and they traverse the area between South Korea, Japan, Taiwan, and the Philippines. Uh, not enough ships there probably to make a big difference, but it is a show of force. Um, I don't think it'll be much of a detriment to the Chinese once they decide what they're going to do. But with the 7th Fleet parked in that area, the 5th and 6th Fleets over in the Mediterranean and in the Middle East, in the Gulf of Aden, Red Sea, Persian Gulf, leaves very few carrier or other naval assets available for the United States to utilize if something else happens somewhere in the world. Uh, one thing I noticed the other day when I was looking through some of the events in China, they have a company called Unitree Robotics. This uh, company has now created a humanoid-looking robot, stands 5 feet 11 inches, weighs 100 pounds, can walk 3.4 miles per hour, and can withstand kicks and punches. It accurately, accurately senses obstacles in its surroundings, and it can communicate with speech and gestures. Uh, it is very advanced. Current cost, although you can't buy it, but the current value of these robots are approximately $150,000. Now, the Chinese plan on rolling these out to the general public sometime in 2024, and it looks like within the next two years, they want the price of each robot to be no more than what a standard iPhone would cost. So that'll be a great reduction in pricing. Um, the only thing comparable that I could find as far as technology was Boston Dynamics. They have a humanoid robot called Atlas, but the current cost of that is $1 million approximately, and it is not for sale. I believe that Shane on the one podcast he did a couple of weeks ago mentioned another um, robot being available. I don't remember if that was through chat, the AI, open Google, who, Microsoft, who exactly was manufacturing that. But hopefully he will give us some additional information when um, he has his next podcast with JB. The Chinese continue their daily surveillance over the island of Taiwan. And in the last three days, they've begun using balloons 
very similar to those that have been launched over the United States to surveil and map the Taiwan island. Uh, so they're using aircraft, they're using ships, they're using balloons, and I would say more than likely they are definitely getting ready to make some type of a move to reunite the mainland and that island probably in the next six months. In the Ukraine, the Ukraine, because of a lack of money funding, uh, supplies by the U.S. and NATO, is supposedly cutting operations back and is making very little progress in a counteroffensive against the Russians and is basically remaining just basically static. They are um, unable to provide what is necessary for their manpower, including food and shelter, and they are in dire straits. Now, Mr. Zelensky said two days ago he wants to mobilize 500,000 500, additional troops to attack Russia. Now, this would have to be women, teenagers, elderly, because the Ukrainian army now stands at about 35,000 to 50,000 at the max. Uh, approximately a half a million Ukrainian soldiers have been killed in this war that has lasted now almost two years, and another 600,000 have been wounded severely enough that they will require treatment probably for the rest of their lives. The Russians are moving against the Ukrainians on six different fronts. They currently have 615,000 troops taking part in this offensive uh, since the ground is now frozen, which last year, if you remember, it never really did. They are marching any direction they require or they wish to move at will. They are loading up food stores and water in Crimea. Now, there's some activity with the Ukrainians in Crimea, so it looks like the Russians are either settling in for a longer battle or they anticipate something over the next 30 to 60 days that is going to be different than what they're doing now. The um, Ukrainians basically can mount no offensive at this time unless the United States and NATO would supply soldiers and additional material to them. And right now, the United States Congress is appearing not to be willing to part with much more cash for that endeavor. Now, the Ukrainians have one more payment available through what money has already been allocated, and that should probably be in their hands probably be before the end of the month. After that, funding is dried up. Ukraine will be on their own because the European Union was offering $50 billion for their assistance, but Orban, the uh, leader of Hungary, said no. He is not willing to put any more money into the Ukraine, and that 50 billion euros has not been sent at this time. There's a lot of action in Moldova right now, which is not a member of NATO, but it is on the western edge of the Ukraine. It appears that the Moldovan and United States troops are doing exercises in that area, and why the United States moved in to do exercises with the Moldovans, not really known right now, but the only reasons I can think of is either they are anticipating an attack against Moldova very shortly, or they are training the Moldovan army to be part of NATO and then be part of the attack against Russia. Uh, the United States 
has taken full advantage of Finland being taken into NATO, and they are now building 15 military bases in Finland. Um, the Germans, who have not had any troops outside of Germany since World War II, have now sent 5,000 troops to Lithuania. That is to reinforce, reinforce the forces already there from NATO and Lithuania, and shows that the Germans are becoming more worried as time goes on, that they will indeed be probably one of those attacked by Russia if that is not stopped. George Soros's son has met with Mr. Zelensky and basically took a nice gift of a million dollars to them at that time for some of their social programs. And it appears that the globalists are really doubling down trying to get Ukraine to win the war. They, the Open Society Group, which is part of Soros's um, philanthropy, as he calls it, has donated more than $230 million to the Ukraine over the last few years. Mr. Zelensky was filmed at the get together, the little party that they had, and he was very ecstatic that Mr. Soros was there. Now, Mr. Zelensky, attend, he attends some of the WEF functions. He's also taking money from them. So if you thought Zelensky was your knight in shining armor or the good guy, I would think about that because obviously he is not. The Russians are by no means the good guys in this scenario and war that's taking place. But as we've talked about before, the Russians will need to take the Ukraine to move in to an area abutting Turkey and the Black Sea so they can move directly south to attack Israel in the Gog-Magog War. Now, Russia may continue on through Moldova, Bulgaria, and Romania in that area to travel down to the area of Istanbul in Turkey to have access to the Dardanelles and the Bosphorus so they can enter and leave the Black Sea as they wish. Um, they may take all of Ukraine. They may take only the areas in Ukraine that they have now. It's not real clear what Russia wants to do. But it is clear that Russia is taking more of an interest in the Middle East all of the time. Russia has warned Prime Minister Netanyahu that the violence against all of the hostages, all of the residents of Gaza, etc., needs to cease. He has told this to the Hamas and Israelis. Uh, Israel has basically told the United States, Russia, and everybody else they are going to go ahead with this war until Hamas is eradicated from the face of the earth and Israel is again safe. Now, unfortunately, Israel is being attacked by Hezbollah in the north from the Lebanon area. Um, the attacks are more aggressive and more consistent. Uh, I noticed this morning that there was a large missile attack against Israel by Hezbollah in the north. And so the Israelis are attempting to switch some of the manpower from the area of Gaza and the West Bank to the northern flank to push Hezbollah back into Lebanon. Um, Hezbollah currently has 150,000 rockets and missiles and 100,000 troops in Lebanon. 
the Israelis have troops in that area, but the main force is down still in Gaza and in the West Bank. And so we can look for probably activities by the Israeli Defense Forces to pick up to put the Gazan problem to bed so that they can concentrate on the northern border. The West Bank continues to become more involved in the actual attacks, usually terrorist attacks, against the Israelis. And it appears that the Jordanians and the Egyptians have a significant amount of forces basically positioned so that if any of the refugees attempt to make it off into their territory, they will push them back. Right now, the people living in Gaza, the refugees have nowhere to go, and none of the Arab states are interested in taking any of them into their country. Supposedly, Mr. Biden has offered to take up to 500,000 Palestinians and move them to the United States, but hopefully that will be short-lived. Hopefully they will put a stop to that because we do not have the room. He is wanting to bring them over without vetting any of them, and there's no idea how many actual terrorists could be in that group also. In the last three days, the Israelis have lost three Iron Dome facilities of the 10 that they had uh, working against the onslaught of missiles and rockets. Um, these Iron Dome facilities have been destroyed and are now not useful anymore. Um, so I'm sure if the United States has any replacement batteries that they could ship to Israel. But right now, the United States is using their Patriot missiles as well as their THAAD system to help defend Israel until a decision could be made on what supplies and what other accommodations can be actually taken to help the Israelis. Since it appears that Israel is going to be attacking Hezbollah in Lebanon in the near future, um, it'll be interesting to see what the United States does if they partake in that attack or if they simply provide cover for the Israeli forces. Um, Iran has the Iranian Republican Guard, approximately 100 to 150,000 troops in Syria and Iraq, getting ready to invade Israel upon a command. And they are making daily attacks or multiple daily attacks against U.S. forces in Syria and Iraq. Currently, there have been over 100 attacks against U.S. forces with very little taking place to repel those attacks or to punish the Iranians and the terrorists for what is taking place. Um, looks like Mr. Biden is afraid to engage and get things taken care of. And unfortunately, that is going to result in more U.S. troops being injured and killed and Hopefully somebody steps in soon and takes care of that problem. Watching the troops being assimilated in the area of the Mideast, it appears that the United States and allies are probably going to begin an attack against Yemen sometime in the next week or two. The um, carrier Eisenhower is in that area. There are still two carriers over in the Mediterranean. And the John F. Kennedy carrier that left a couple of weeks after the main carrier battle groups is supposedly en route to that area. 
Unfortunately, nobody knows exactly where they're at. And as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, that carrier left with no aircraft on board. So we don't know if it's going to be used as a stopping point to refuel aircraft, if there are aircraft they're going to be picking up on the way, or if it's going to be just there in case a carrier is attacked, damaged, and taken out of the battle. Now, there's a huge amount of ships from the U.S. military as well as other countries around the Middle East, in the Red Sea, in the Persian Gulf, Gulf of Aden, and in the um, South China Sea and Taiwan Straits. Now, what I fear is they are gathering all of our naval assets into an area where an attack in conjunction with each other, that would be North Korea, Iran, China, and with Russia, if there was a concurrent attack against our naval assets, um, with the surface-to-ship missiles currently possessed by Hezbollah, by the Iranians, the Russians, the Chinese, and North Koreans, they could take out our entire Navy in a short amount of time. Now, it goes without saying what would happen if we lost those naval assets. We have all of our carriers basically in that area. We have a lot of submarines in that area. And then not to mention the other hundred and some surface ships. Um, if the United States were to be surprised with an attack by those individuals, um, make it very hard to assist and or defend any of our allies in other parts of the world. So we will wait and hopefully that will never take place. Definitely one of the things that have been crossing my mind in the last couple of weeks. Too many assets, too close to danger, uh, not a lot of room to maneuver, could be a definite problem. Iran says it has 33,000 surface craft, which are evidently little boats, big boats, frigates, whatever they have that they are preparing to attack the United States and our allies' naval assets in the Persian Gulf, in the Red Sea, Gulf of Aden, and other areas around there. Now, the 33,000 ships that was quoted is not something I can verify. I don't know how they would possibly have that many, but according to the news this morning from several different forces, they can muster a force of that many different watercraft. That coupled with our immense fleets of drones would make it very tough for the United States and their allies to uh, prevent attacks by Iran and the rest of the coalition, and therefore put us at great risk as far as the outcome of any battle in that area. It appears the economies of the United States, Great Britain, France, Germany, Russia, China, other countries are in dire straits. Um, you know, the only way to get out of a mess like this is to have a war. That seems to be a good place to start for many countries and what has happened in the past, or the government could declare a jubilee, which they won't do and forgive all debts, or they could seize the assets of their citizens. Now, CBDC is on the way, we know it is, we don't know for sure when it'll take place in America, but the European Union is set up for it and they are past the testing stage and they will be implementing it early in 2024. To remain in the ballgame, I would imagine the United States will do the very same thing. And since Citicorp and JP Morgan are already using 
a digital system within their banking, um, not only their main banks, their smaller banks, related banks, et cetera, uh, we can look for that probably very soon. Uh, the days of cash are probably over or coming very near to that point. And so take the precautions you need to to protect yourself if things would collapse overnight. Um, as we talked about the movie, Leave the World Behind last week, as well as other sources, evidently a major cyber attack is anticipated against the United States sometime in 2024. Considering the attacks by the Chinese hackers last week against different aspects of the United States government and economy, I think we can probably rest assured that that will take place. That will disrupt food supplies, gasoline supplies, um, everything in your life. It will interrupt the banking system. Total chaos will be what we are in store for. Now, if that happens, we're not sure, but they're forecasting it. So we're, it's pretty reasonable to assume that will happen. Uh, we know there are thousands of terrorists that have crossed the border uh, between Mexico and the United States. And there appear to be 14 or 15,000 additional migrants coming into the country daily. Many of these people are not vetted. They are not really identified and we have no idea what they're capable of. I would anticipate that they are probably terrorists since they are males and of the age group of 18 to 41. I don't believe they're here looking for jobs. So take due care, be careful, be aware, um, I don't think it's a matter of if this is going to happen. I believe it's a matter of when. And I truly am concerned about the cyber attack, the terrorist attack, uh, the kinetic attack from one of the other powers is always possible. But I would anticipate more than likely Russia's concern with NATO and the Baltic states. I believe that China is more concerned with Taiwan right now and getting out of their financial problems. Iran, of course, in the Middle East, they're going to do everything they can to destroy Israel. But the wild card is North Korea. I think the Chinese probably do have some influence on Mr. Kim Jong-un, but we don't know how much. He's a wild card. Anything could happen there. He has been testing ballistic missiles over Korea, South Korea and over Japan in the last couple of weeks. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if one of these days... He launched enough missiles to actually cause major damage to those areas. The United States has moved a second nuclear submarine into the area. So we now have two Ohio-class submarines in the area with a total of, I believe, 308 Tomahawk missiles that are probably of the nuclear tip style. I don't believe any regular explosives are probably present on those missiles. So there is a potent force there to deter him, but I don't know that that's going to necessarily work. The economy is a major problem. We all know that. We've discussed that many times. Prepare yourself the best way you can. Metals may be assets that you want, uh, food, gasoline, water, small hand tools, cash. Have it, have it available. They always used to say that if you anticipate tough times, you should have at least six months worth of money 
stockpiled in your possession to cover all of your bills. Now, very few people in the United States could probably come up with that kind of money to prepare for something major because 60% of the population is living paycheck to paycheck. With what we discussed on the um, student loans, on the auto repossessions and stuff, you, can, you see that people are there at the end. They have spent their money. They have maxed out their credit cards. They're now liquidating their 401ks. And after that, they are done. So the government is going to be moving in and taking full advantage of that. We just don't know when or how. But again, always be in prayer with our Heavenly Father, asking for protection and guidance, because the time is coming when America is going to be a different country. I look forward to Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving every year, but I am of the opinion that next year, those holidays may be celebrated in a much different way than they are now. So Merry Christmas to all of you. God bless you all. And we will talk to you again in probably two weeks or so. Take care.